crucified my Lord, who bore the sin and shame for all mankind. And as he hung there dying, I was on his mind, his sacrifice and love some don't appreciate. But I would like to speak and set the record straight. That's my
I've heard about him my whole life I've never seen him with my eyes I know he's living in my heart His love will not from me depart I felt his presence all around He is the greatest joy I've found Just think one day in heaven's light Our faith will be turned into sight Just think about it for a while We'll soon be done with every trial And we will see him face to face The one who saved us by his grace We'll walk together hand in hand With Jesus in the glory Watched him moving, working hearts, and washed away the blackest part. We worship him and praise his name. We live his glories to proclaim. But won't that be a glorious day when this old world is passed away? And we will bow before his feet, his praises there we Amen. Well, we got Brother Andrew McKay with us, and 
Some of you know him and some of you don't know him. He did a really good job yesterday morning, and I feel like I've known him for quite a while now. I've traveled the world with him in the seven seas. <laughs> anyway, we're glad that he's here tonight, and if you know Brother Tony Hudson, he's married to his oldest daughter, and so that's a good thing because we like Brother Tony, but we like Brother Andrew too, so you come on and preach for us this evening. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been good again here tonight, hasn't it? I mean, uh, man, I don't want to mess this thing up. I feel like just closing in prayer and going back to the room. Amen. Amen. You preachers, you know where I'm at tonight. You pray for me. Amen. And uh, I just want to say praise God. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Is it Psalms 150? Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And I bless his name, amen. He's worthy to be praised. Jesus Christ, amen. The Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He that liveth and was dead, and behold, he's alive forevermore. Amen, and I bless his name tonight. Well, if you're going to get any help tonight, it'll be from him, amen. I'm nothing. I don't deserve to be here. I mean, I'm the worst of the worst, but I'm thankful for the grace of God tonight. And I I trust you've uh, had a head-on collision with the grace of God. If not, you can do that tonight. And I encourage you to do so. I highly recommend Jesus in old-time religion. Amen. If you've got your Bibles this evening, open them with me to 2 Timothy chapter number 2, if you would, please. And I'm going to read just a couple verses and uh, use uh, these verses as a springboard tonight. Now, normally I'm a a verse-by-verse man. That's just kind of... The way I got started, and that's just the way I enjoy studying and and preaching. But tonight I want to grab just a couple verses and and give you a topical thought tonight. And uh, I'm going to allude to um, a specific branch of our military tonight. And uh, as I try to do that, I, I know, no doubt, as large as this crowd is, there's some men and women that have served in our military. And... uh I'm not belittling any branch of service that that may be represented in here tonight. I I salute you. I appreciate your sacrifice. Uh, Probably one of the greatest regrets in my life since I've been saved. And and, um, as I look back, one of my greatest regrets is that I did not enlist into our military and try to represent our country. So you men and women that have served in in our military, I, I appreciate your service. And I'm not... I'm not throwing stones at at any branch tonight. I just want to try to make application this evening. I I trust that will make sense here in just a moment. But uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 2. And then let me say this. The commercial of the night. Man, Gethsemane, don't get used to what you've got around here. That choir, man, dear Lord. I wish I could just load y'all up. And back home, the choir I'm a a part of and some others. And just let y'all travel around the country with us. Amen. Because it's... It's not like this in a lot of places. And so don't get used to that. You ought to praise God every day for what you got around here. It's a special place. And, and even you ladies that decorate all these gatherings, the fall festivals and just every activity, you understand that there's other ladies around our nation that they'll get on some type of website or social media and they'll steal your ideas. Literally, they're, they're looking at what you do. And so there's not any spoke of the wheel around here that's, that's overlooked. And it's, it's crucial that everybody's in your spot. And I commend you for everything you're doing around here. Amen. All right, here we go. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. The Bible said in verse number 1, 
Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And these things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. I want you to draw your attention to to verse number 3. Pay attention right here what Paul says. He says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He said in verse 4, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him. Here it is again, to be a soldier. Of course, this crowd tonight, no doubt, is Bible students and you're very much aware of uh, the time frame of Paul's life here. He's, he's speaking some of his last words. He's pinning down some of his last thoughts. He's headed to die a martyr's death. And uh, it's interesting to me to read some of Paul's last words. I think if we're going to tune in and listen to any man's words, it ought to be some of those last words, especially of a, of a God-fearing man. And as Paul begins to make his exit of this walk of life, He's reminding young Timothy, his protege, his preacher boy, uh, of a reality of the Christian life. And it is this. The moment after your conversion, whether you're aware of it or not, you enlist yourself into a battle, a spiritual warfare. You could flip over there to chapter number 4 and read uh, again where Paul said, I have fought a good fight. Paul alludes to a that terminology, that mindset a lot in his writings about the reality of the child of God being in and on a battlefield. I'm afraid though in this evening's hour, a lot of people, especially my generation, we have, uh, whether we've never been made aware of it or not, or whether we just neglect the truth of the Word of God, but listen, we're, we're in a battlefield tonight. And I believe it's more intense this evening than it ever has been. Amen. And so we're in a battle tonight. Now, I come from the side of town where if there's, a, if there's some opposition, or if there's a disagreement, we'll just clean our pockets out. Amen. Sometimes if we don't even have time to do that, then we'll just handle it out behind the buses or out behind the building, whatever. Amen. Everywhere we're at, we'll just go outside and just straighten things out. Amen. And I honestly, sometimes in a Christian life, I wish that the Lord would let us do that along the way. Amen. Fellas, I'm looking at some of y'all. We're from the same side of town. Amen. But that's not, the way that, that, that's not the way we fight our battles tonight. It's not a physical altercation. The battle that you and I are facing tonight are, is in our mind. Amen. Amen. Sometimes that's the toughest battle to fight. Amen. But as I begin to think about these last days and as I study the writings of Paul the Apostle and I see that he's reminding us of this battlefield that we're in, I, I got interested in that, man. I tell you, I want to make it through these last days without any regrets. I, I want to finish, man, my course with joy, amen. I don't want to have to look back and say, man, I wish I hadn't have done that or I wished I would have done some other things, amen. I, I want to be the best child of God that I can be, amen. And I got to thinking about the battlefield that Paul's talking about. He's challenging us to be a soldier, a good soldier, and I... I got to thinking about our military. And aren't you thankful for the military of the United States of America? Amen. I got to thinking about our army, our air force, our, our navy. I mean, the coast guard. I mean, all the different branches, the marines. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of different branches that, that we've got that represent our nation. But in each one of those branches, there's a, there's a group that's set aside that's... Uh, uh, 
they're, they're what they consider the, the special forces or, or an elite group of men that, that, that have got some different qualifications that are just a little bit above and beyond everybody else. And we call them the, the special forces. We've got the Green Berets. We've got, uh, we've got the Army Rangers. We've got Delta Force. All of that is the best of the best. But as I began to look into our military, I found that even in and amongst the special forces of America, there is an elite group of fighting force put together by our nation that they consider they're the best of the best. Some of you may have heard of them. Some of you may know some of them. But we, we call them here in America the Navy SEALs. And so with that in mind tonight, and with the help of the Lord, I want to try to take some, some characteristics and some actions of our Navy SEALs and try to make spiritual application to the walk of the child of God. I'm interested tonight in the in the saint of God and a Navy SEAL. How does that make application to you and I tonight in these last moments of the church age? Well, first off, can I say that the acronym SEAL, it just simply means Sea, Air, and Land Specialist. And what that simply means, what sets the Navy SEALs apart or above and beyond all the other special operations is that there's not any place on God's green earth that they, that they cannot operate. Now the Army Rangers, they specialize in, in land tactics and warfare around airfields and, and in mountain ranges. And each branch of special operations, they have their area of specialty. But what sets the Navy SEALs apart is that there's not anywhere from the air, from the land to the sea, there's not anywhere that they cannot operate. And can I remind us tonight as a child of God, that's the way it ought to be for us. We ought not just come in here and act like a child of God and worship like a child of God and then go back out there in the world and just zip our lips shut and act like we've never met God, like we don't know who Jesus is. There's not anywhere that we go where we should not be representing, amen, the God of a King James Bible. Amen. We ought to be operating every, everywhere we go. Amen. I tell you, there's butterflies that blow up inside of me when I walk in a church house and they've got those missionary plaques hanging on the wall. Some of them's got those, those special lights shining down on those men and women that have sacrificed everything they've ever known uh, to pack their family up in a suitcase uh, and fly to a third world country uh, to serve God. I'm telling you, uh, we ought to salute them every time we get a chance. Uh, why? Because they look to me... Uh, as a spiritual Navy SEAL uh, because they're operating where you and I will never go. I'm simply saying tonight, there's not anywhere where we ought not be serving God. Amen. But when I think about these Navy SEALs, there's three or four things I'm interested in tonight, and so we'll start with the message. The first thing I want to mention are the tactics of a Navy SEAL. What, what are the tactics that our Navy SEALs are a part of? What do they do... Uh, that is so secretive, what makes them the best of the best? The first thing that I found as I studied out our Navy SEALs is that the Navy SEALs, they go behind enemy lines and they gather information and they send it back to our great nation. 
They uncover the tactics of the enemy and they make it known what our adversaries are doing. I want to let that just soak in for a second. Amen. I'm trying to make application tonight from our Navy SEALs to our Christian life. Did y'all grab a hold of what I just said? They go behind enemy lines. Uh, they survey what the enemy's doing, but that's not it. They then report back that news, uh, amen, to our nation. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, that's what the child of God is supposed to be doing. Uh, there was a time in our great land uh, where God's people were not so uh, sidelined. Uh, there was a time in our great nation uh, where God's people were vocal uh, about the right and the wrongs of society. Uh, but we're living in an hour uh, where so-called Christians, uh, listen, they see sin. Uh, they see the degradation of our day. Uh, but they're not saying anything about it. Uh, I'm looking for a group of people tonight uh, that'll stand up uh, and say I want to become uh, a spiritual Navy SEAL uh, in the day that we're living in. Uh, I mean tonight we need some teenagers uh, that listen, we'll see uh, what our adversaries are doing uh, and we'll lift up your voice uh, like a trumpet uh, cry loud uh, and spare not. Uh, we need some mamas uh, and especially some daddies uh, that'll start crying out uh, against the wickedness of our day. Amen. Mama and Papa, listen, you come from the generation that I so greatly respect. Uh, but there's a lot uh, of men and women your age. Uh, listen, something's happened. Uh, the cat's got their tongue. Uh, we need you uh, uh, to stand up uh, and lead the way uh, and remind my generation uh, that we are fighting a real battle. Uh, we are fighting a real devil. Uh, he's seeking whom he may devour. He's a real live enemy. And we need to cry aloud about our enemy. Amen. He's trying to destroy our young people's future. He's trying to destroy our churches. He has destroyed our nation. We need some spiritual Navy SEALs tonight. Amen. They go behind enemy lines and gather information. Send it back to the United States. Not only do they do that, but they also take it a step further. And our Navy SEALs, they engage in raids and assaults on the enemy. Not only do they go behind enemy lines and see what's going on, but when they get the green light, friend, it's showtime. They take them scope covers off, amen. They pull that hammer back and they flip the safety off of safety on the showtime. And they go to work. They engage in assaults, amen, and attacks on the enemy. One of the greatest burdens in this young man's heart you're looking at tonight is the 
the lack of a desire that my generation has to stand and earnestly contend for the faith once delivered. Amen. We're living in a day where we need some people that will stand up and get engaged, assault the enemy. I'm, I'm sick and tired. Amen. Of seeing God's people walk around weeping and mourning and crying, ready to jump off of some bridge somewhere. Glory to God. That's not what I got. 15 years ago uh, the Bible tells me greater is he uh, that is in you than he uh, that's in the world Uh, glory to God tonight Uh, we're not fighting for victory neighbor we're fighting from victory Uh, it's time for you and I to get engaged uh, and attack our enemy amen 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 I'm tired of seeing him take young people out of our youth department. I'm sick and tired of seeing him destroy our young families. I'm sick and tired of seeing and hearing about preachers falling. Dear God, we need somebody that will stand up and fight the adversary. Amen, 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 amen. You know what? It was our Navy SEALs that in 2011, I believe it was, a decade after those yahoos flew those planes into the Twin Towers, on that Tuesday morning of September the 11th, it was one decade later. It may have taken America a decade, friend, but friend, we got around to it, amen. And it was our Navy SEALs that in the blackness of the night uh, over there in Pakistan, they threw themselves uh, out of those Chinook helicopters uh, and made their way up into a compound. Glory to God. Uh, Amen. And old Robert O'Neill from Brute, Montana, flipped the safety off. uh, Amen. Of a 5.56 and shot two times uh, into the face of a man. uh, Was his name Barack Osama bin Laden? Amen. It was our, they're Siamese twins, friend. Amen. It was our Navy SEALs, listen, that engaged their self in that attack. Amen. You know what some ways, you know, you and I can get, get involved in engaging our adversary? Learning how to forgive one another. Amen. That's a bullet that we could put in the clip of our gun that the devil absolutely hates. What he's seeking to do here at Gethsemane is put division from this side of the sanctuary right over here. But I'm telling you, uh, one of the ways we could fire a bullet uh, into the face of the devil uh, is for you and I to stay right with one another. Another way is when the choir gets to singing like they sang uh, last night, uh, yesterday morning or tonight, uh, we could stand up, uh, run around this building and praise God. That's a way that we could attack our enemy. Amen. Amen. Tactics of the Navy SEALs. They not only go behind enemy lines, they get engaged in these assaults and these battles, but the Navy SEALs, they rescue hostages. Amen. Y'all mind if I just kind of catch my breath right here for a minute? Amen. They rescue hostages. Let me just say, I said it yesterday, I want to say it again. I want to thank God that 15 years ago when my life was upside down and backwards, God sent some spiritual Navy SEALs into my life. And when a lot of friends and family in-laws and outlaws had quit on me and turned their back on me, 
I had some spiritual Navy SEALs that took me to meeting one night, and I got saved by the grace of God. I got, I got rescued. Amen. Amen. And I, I appreciate our Navy SEALs because that's what they do, and they do it real well. I got to studying out these Navy SEALs, and I ran across a, I ran across a story that happened back in 2010, 2011. Some of y'all may have, may have read about it. There was a young lady by the name of Jessica Buchanan. She She's an American citizen, a beautiful young lady from here in the States. And she left America in the middle of 2010 to go to the southern tip of Africa on some humanitarian aid relief. And she went into some of those Somalian tribes and she was teaching those young pitiful children how to avoid landmines. While she was there doing this, this service, she was kidnapped by some Somali pirates. And for 93 days, they held her captive. They held her hostage. They did not have her in some motel with no television, no AC, no power. They had her on the backside of a desert tied to the base of a tree. And they gave her enough food and water for 93 days to just barely survive. And during this time of captivity, these, these, these outlaws, these pirates would stand her to her feet and they would take a video of her, her declining health, of her asking and begging for help and they would send those videos to her husband. Towards the end of her captivity, her lips were so dried that you could just see blood trickling. I mean, they were just cracked, looked like a box of cornflakes. I mean, she was pitiful. Her kidneys, her intestines were shutting down. She was severely dehydrated. She had a lot of health issues, not to mention the way that those, those thugs had been treating her. She was dying. And in that last video, she stood there and weeped and cried into that camcorder, begging her husband for help. Her husband would get these tapes in the mail, and they were wanting money, of course. And he was trying to get, get contact to Washington, to the Pentagon. He was trying to do anything and everything he could to get his wife rescued. Little did she know that while they were sending these videos back home, he was being very successful in getting those videotapes into the right hands. And she tells the story on the last night of her captivity. She stood there tied to the base of that tree and she watched the sun go down in the western sky and those stars began to litter the sky. And she looked up into the heavens and she said, Lord, if you don't send somebody to rescue me, she said, I'm going to probably die here tonight she said after she uttered that prayer she looked up and all those stars that she was just looking at vanished away and she said she had been there those 93 days she said she had never experienced a night so dark in all her life she said that that time that she was there held captive she had never seen an ounce of fear in any of those men that had her held hostage but she said there was something different about that night as they had her tied to the base of that tree. Some of those men had laid down to go to sleep around her. And all of a sudden, one of those men cut a flashlight on. And Miss Jessica tells the story of the moment that flashlight, the light, come across that, that, that pirate's face. She said, I've never seen so much fear in one man's face in all of my life. Little did Miss Jessica know that as she stood there and uttered that prayer into the third heaven, there was two helicopters full of our Navy SEALs 
flying over about four miles away. And as she uttered that prayer into the blackness of the night, our, our special operation crew was throwing themselves out of the back of that special operation helicopter into the blackness of the night. Amen. And she said as that man lay there in that light over his face, she said all of a sudden gunfire erupted. She said it was total chaos. She said, I've never been so scared in all of my life. And she said in the midst of that gunfire and in the midst of the intents of that battle, she said she felt a man's hand cover her mouth and say, Miss Jessica Buchanan, I'm a Navy SEAL from the United States of America and your ride home has just arrived. <laughs> glory, glory to God. Can I remind us tonight that there are a lot of hostages scattered all around Pocahontas, Arkansas. They're on every street corner in Walnut Ridge. Amen. And it's our responsibility to go out and grab these hostages and bring them home. I'm looking tonight for somebody to step up and say I want to be a spiritual Navy SEAL Amen the tactics of the Navy SEALs can I say the tools about the Navy SEALs what makes the Navy SEALs the best of the best is because they've got the best tools available they've got a budget that supersedes any other branch of the military they've had night vision goggles before night vision goggles were ever even invented Amen I think about these night vision goggles. You know, that's a good spiritual application to the child of God about having some Holy Ghost discernment. Amen. That's what we need in our day. D.L. Moody said about Holy Ghost discernment, that's not being able to tell right from wrong. It's being able to tell what's right from almost right. Amen. Can I just remind us about some tools that God's given us that gives us no excuse that we cannot be the best of the best. He's given us the church. Amen. This isn't some lodge, amen. This isn't some, some, some temple, amen. This is the local New Testament, Bible-believing, Big B Baptist Church, amen. I'm telling you, friend, we ought to respect the house of God. We ought to be here every chance we can, amen. We ought to just ride by when even we ain't even have a church service, just ride by checking on things, amen. Just because, amen. Thank God for the church. He's given us a pastor, that's a tool that a lot of people in our day do not have. But I'm telling you, that's one of the best tools that a man and woman can ever have in this walk of life is a God-fearing man of God that's been called to pastor a New Testament church. Thank God for God's men. If you're in here tonight and pastor a New Testament church, I salute you. You're looking at a young man who's for you. I'm for your message. Amen. I'm for your wife and your kids. I say preach on, man of God. Preach on. He's given us the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's a, that's a tool that He's given us. And I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just trying to make application. Amen. He guides us. He comforts us. Amen. He chastises us. He's given us a Bible. God's wonderful book, divine. What light is that? Shining so brightly I see. Amen. Thank God for the Bible tonight. They tell me that these tools that a Navy SEAL has, it gives them the ability to face enemies on this planet 
does not matter where they're at. They can face any enemy on planet earth. Huh? That's the way the child of God ought to be. But probably the greatest tool that a Navy SEAL has that sets him apart from any other group of the military is that any, any place they're at, any team, SEAL Team 1 to 10 or whatever, do y'all grab hold of this? They've got direct access to a room at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue we call the decision room. They've got direct access to the White House. Y'all probably seen those pictures, that, that footage of the night that we killed. Well, I can't ever get his name right. Some of y'all call him Barack. I call him Osama bin Laden. The night that we killed that fella, y'all have seen those pictures of uh, Hillary and her little entourage in that room, you know? That's that decision room. Well, our Navy SEALs have got direct access to that room with one phone call. Can I say we've got something that goes far beyond a little old room in some ancient white house up in wherever that's at. Amen. It goes beyond the, the, the capital of our state. It goes beyond, amen, it goes beyond anybody that you and I know in this walk of life. We, as a child of God, we've got direct access to the throne of heaven. We can talk one-on-one to the one that set the sun tonight in the western sky. I, I know it's foggy and smoky out there. Hey, man, it smells like a box of cigarettes. But I'm telling you, if you could see beyond the smoke tonight, there's some stars scattered in the sky. We've got hallelujah to God. We've got direct access to the one who flung those stars out there tonight. Listen to me, Mom and Daddy, I have no idea what kind of burdens you've got this evening. But can I remind you, uh, you've got a tool. You've got access tonight to the throne, uh, to the throne of heaven. I mean, listen, you may have some children that have went wayward. You may have a spouse that, listen, trying to quit. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, you've got access uh, to a man tonight uh, who can fix it all. Uh, He can fix it all, thank God. The tactics of the Navy SEALs, the tools. Let me say something about the team and I'll try to end this thing here in just a moment. The team itself. The Navy SEALs, that's, that's one of their slogans. That's one of their titles is when you make it into the, into the SEALs, you, you're considered you're, you're in the teams. There's something about that. Can I say first off about the team? They only operate together. You'll never see a Navy SEAL going on a mission by himself. They operate together. Can I say that that's crucial for Gethsemane Baptist Church to grab hold of that and never forget it. I'm telling you where there's unity in the church, there's power, there's supernatural, wonder-working power. But where there's division, there's strife, there's confusion and every evil work for him. I mean, listen, we need a congregation of people, uh, amen, out here in Arkansas that will work together as a team, as a team, as a team. They give their life for each other. You'll never see a Navy SEAL leaving a wounded comrade or wounded brother on the battlefield no matter what's going on. They'll... They'll, they'll, they'll literally lay down their life for their fallen brother. I 
I read a story of a man y'all probably heard of him, Michael Monsoor. There's a naval ship named after him. He was one of the first men that gave, gave his life in the battle in Afghanistan back after 9-11. They were on a roof one day after, after a night of sniper missions and they were up there just waiting on the sun to set so the battle would intensify again. And the story goes that as they were on that rooftop, one of the, one of the jihadists or Hamas, whatever, whichever part of the family it was, threw a grenade up onto that roof. And instead of Michael running over there and trying to get off that roof and get out of the way of that explosion, instead of running over there and possibly grabbing it and trying to throw it out of the way, Michael ran over there and he threw himself on top of it and was dead. He was in eternity within 30 minutes. But you know what he done in that? He saved the life of his entire platoon. I'm looking for some young people tonight that would step away from this mentality from social media and our society that has permeated our youth departments where it's just about you, yourself, and you. I'm telling you, that's not the Christian life. Amen. We need some people that will realize it's bigger than me. Amen. It's about other people. Amen. Uh, We ought to leave here tonight, listen, with a desire to be a spiritual Navy SEAL and literally give our life. Amen. For brothers and sisters in Christ. They tell me that a Navy SEAL can walk in Walmart, the Dollar General, the Chevy dealership, the Ford dealership, Bass Pro, Cabela's, does not matter where it's at. And they can recognize another Navy SEAL no matter where they're at. Well, I'm telling you, we've lost that in our day. Hey, man, there was a time when Christians stood out, but something's happened. The tactics of the Navy SEALs, the tools, the team, I'm done with their training. The training of a Navy SEAL. This is really what I came to say tonight. I know I've been a little bit long this evening. But listen, what separates the Navy SEALs from every other group of armed services in America is their training. For about three years, these men go through the hardest military training, not on the East Coast, not on the West Coast, not in America, but in the entire world. They call it BUDS, which simply means Basic Underwater Demolition Training. And at the end of first phase, there's several different phases of BUDS. At the end of first phase... There's one week, five and a half days that are set aside and the Navy SEALs consider this hell week. From Sunday night till Friday afternoon, these men go through the most excruciating torture that a man could ever sign up for. In five and a half days, they have less than four hours of sleep, not a day, but for the entire week. They run over 250 miles. They do hundreds of push-ups, hundreds of sit-ups, hundreds of pull-ups through obstacle courses. They tote these rubber rafts up and down the west coast at Coronado Island just right outside of San Diego. You can study it out. A lot of times those classes start with 200, sometimes close to 300 men. But those classes finish with sometimes 10 and 15 people. It's an 85 to 90% fallout rate just from that one five and a half day section of training. Hell week. But they have that system set up early on in that training process to to separate the ones that are going to make it and the ones that are not going to make it. Because they say at the end of a Navy SEALs training, our nation has over $1 million in each Individual seal. 
I wonder tonight, there may be a child of God in here this evening, and as you look back in recent hours of your life, maybe the last five and a half days, maybe in the last week or the last month, maybe you would, if you would be honest, you would have to stand and testify and say, Brother Andrew, I've been in a spiritual hell week. Could it be tonight that God's got you in a time of training? He's trying to raise you up to be a spiritual Navy SEAL in these last days of the church age. Can I remind you what Job said in the very middle of his trial, chapter number 23? He looked in front of him, but he couldn't find God. He looked behind him, couldn't find him. Looked to the left and looked to the right, and he couldn't find him. He said, but I know... He knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I'm reminded of what Paul said. I believe it's in 1st or 2nd Corinthians. He said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Amen. He said, working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight in glory. While we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen, they're temporal. Good friend, but the things which are not seen, they are eternal. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Friend, I'm just here to tell you tonight, maybe God's trying to raise you up to be a spiritual Navy SEAL. As I studied out these Navy SEALs and that part of Hell Week, I read a story of a young cadet that was in the midst of that training. And before he enlisted into the Navy, before he started BUDS, before he ever made it to Coronado Island, he would go and find Navy SEALs that had went through that training and was trying to grab some nuggets to help him make it through that training. One of these SEALs said, man, if you'll just make it to Wednesday morning, he said, it's downhill from there. Well, this... This cadet that I was reading behind, studying behind, he said he made it to Wednesday morning, but it didn't get easier. He said it got harder. He said, man, by, by Thursday, he said he was looking for any opportunity that he could sneak away and get back up there to the barracks and ring that green bell, a symbolism of, of, of quitting, tapping out. He said the last rotation of that training, they get in those rubber rafts. Some of y'all have probably seen this. And they call it around the world. They get in these rubber rafts and they paddle around Coronado Island. It takes them all night to do it. Miles and miles as a team in a rubber raft. He said they had been paddling all evening. It was miserably cold. That Pacific Ocean, you think of the ocean, you think of Panama or Destin, warm water. But it never gets above like 58 degrees. It's ice cold water out there. He said they were freezing to death. They were hallucinating. They were chapped from that salt and sand. They were bleeding from head to toe. They were miserable. And he said as they were in that raft making their last rotation, he said, I unsnapped my helmet. He said, I grabbed my my boat paddle. He said, I threw them both in the bottom of that rubber raft. And I said, fellas, I'm done. Take me back to the shore. I'm quitting. And he said as he was uttering these words, one of his swim buddies that was in the boat behind him, on the, on the seat behind him, punched him in the back of the shoulder and said, snap out of it. And as he said that, he looked and the sun was coming up in the eastern sky. And he said it wasn't but just a few moments, that rubber raft that they had spent the longest, most miserable night in of their life, the nose of that boat made its way up onto the Pacific coastline in Coronado, California. And Brother Deaton, as that boat touched that sandy shoreline, he said there was a naval officer standing there 
with that military dress on and was saluting them. Hallelujah to God. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory to God. Amen. Y'all just give me a minute. I'll get it out in a second. They had been paddling that boat all night and he is looking for a way to quit. But as that sun came up on that Friday morning and as that boat began to touch the shoreline, hallelujah, there was a Navy officer standing on the shoreline. He had the creases in his pants. He had all the brass on his chest. He was dressed fit to kill. He was standing there in perfect attention. And as those men began to crawl their self out of that miserable raft, he said, Congratulations, boys. Your hell week is over. Friend, I'm here to tell you tonight, I don't know what you're facing, but one of these mornings, the sun will come up in your life and your hell week will be over. Amen. Amen. One of these mornings, oh, all of our hell week's going to be over. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Amen. Ain't that going to be a golden daybreak? Amen and amen. The story don't end there. The reason he made it to the conclusion of hell weeks because his buddy said snap out of it. Can I tell you to snap out of it tonight? It's not time for you to quit. It's never been time, but right now it's not time for you to quit. Mamas, don't you quit on your husband. Daddy, don't you quit on your wife. Listen to me, don't you quit on your kids. Mama, grandpa, listen. The old time ways, the right way. There is no other way. That other crowd's wrong. Uh, they're wrong. They're wrong. We're right. You can't have it both ways. We're right. Snap out of it. That Navy SEAL, though, that tried to quit that night, and his buddy saved him from doing it by saying, Snap out of it. He went on, listen now, he went on to be one of the most decorated Navy SEALs in American history. We're standing to our feet tonight. I guess a pianist is coming. Brother Derek's going to give an invitation. I'm simply saying tonight, snap out of it. There's absolutely no telling what God can do in the remaining days of your life. There is absolutely no telling. You know, though, as you study out our military, none of those medals are given in the heat of that battle. It's at the conclusion of the battle. Our military meets all of our soldiers' needs while they're in the battle. Is that not the way our God is? He meets all of our needs. But our rewards are coming at the judgment seat. These altars are open. Brother Derek's coming. Lord, bless the invitation. Help your people. Encourage us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be good not to snap out of it. <laughs>